14. 16. Oh yeah. 23. 42. Oh yeah. It's time for us argue over lost a bunch. Alright, um... Hello and listen... <laughs> and listen to welcome <laughs> uh, uh, we're doing a dadaist intro for this yeah yeah what is it man it's it's a big puzzle that you got to figure out what does he say what's it mean uh welcome to the acquisition of rules no um numbers <laughs> the rules of acquisition is the name of the podcast that you're currently listening to now type in the string of numerals and uh, sorry, I'm getting ahead of myself. This is the rules of acquisition. Yes. Oh my god, I forgot about the numbers. <laughs> oh, I yeah, <laughs> I remember the numbers. Do the fucking intro because I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> so, so yep, you downloaded this or you're listening to it. You know you're listening to the rules of acquisition, and you probably know that maybe this is not another episode about Star Trek, Deep Space Nine, or otherwise. We're talking about something else in the quote-unquote proverbial golden age of television. Something from a little bit earlier on, but not so far. Peak television is the OA. Uh, sorry, I, I will stop vamping and before I figure out what I'm trying to say. We're talking about Lost. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. The TV show Lost. We're talking about the 2004 ABC TV show Lost. Um, it's on people's minds. <laughs> well, this came about, and for our listeners, a little backstory here. Um, James recently did a massive rewatch uh, of Lost, and some of it was new to him because he fell off during the initial run of the show. Yes. Wade has watched uh, every episode of Lost. Oh, yeah. But he watched it in real time. Yeah, it's been... And I think obsessively, right? Wouldn't you describe it oh, as that? Oh, yeah. Okay. I watched... I was I was real into Wade it. Wade was all in on Lost. I was all in. I I played the alternate reality game, <laughs> but we'll get to that later on. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and for for myself, I am the uninitiative. I, I've, I've never seen one second of Lost. I remember vaguely when it came out, the commercials in 2004. Um... What happened in the mid aughts with me? We were at we were at the advent of uh, peak TV <laughs> shows like The Sopranos, Deadwood, and what was this is pre streaming services. Yeah, but what I would do is I would wait for a whole season to re release on DVD, and then I would binge watch it at home. And I, I was before we even had a word for right. it. Right, <laughs> and but that's and, but I think that was in the mode that, and I was and I felt that that was a superior way to digest these big TV shows. And so that was my plan with Lost. Now, what happened in the interim is that uh, Lost got a reputation for like going off the rails, and I lost <laughs> complete interest. Yeah. So fast forward to 2017, and James did his massive rewatch, and we thought we'd talk about it tonight on the rules of acquisition. So the idea being that we can that for you to listen to us explaining it to you yes. would yeah. be would yeah. be funny, right? Yeah. <laughs> right. So <laughs> right. Yeah. What I is actually, this show about? What is this show yeah. about, guys? Well, let me just say, it's funny that you talk about it as binge watching and everything. I actually didn't get on board until the second season was airing. I think I started actually with the beginning of season two, and they, I think they were doing like. They were still doing marathon versions, like in the lead up. Yeah, and I watched a little bit, and I was like, 
oh shit, this was awesome. I'm on board. And then I went back and I binge watched season one, finished out season two, and then I was all in. I I I was the opposite. Which is funny because you dropped off in season two, right? I was the opposite. I started watching it. I, I was first episode. I watched it when it aired and then was somewhat into the mysteries of it through season one. And then season two just fucking made me want to kill myself. And in my rewatch, it did the same thing again. <laughs> like, so it's not like, but, but I did really like seasons three through five. See, yeah, it's funny. Cause I remember when in my, I really liked seasons one and seasons two season. Uh, and then when season three started, I was pissed. It starts boring, but again, it, well, because well, we'll talk. I guess an argument can be made, and I, we're getting way ahead of ourselves here. I guess an argument could be made, and it's not because I find her a compelling actress, or particularly like it's not like I'm a turned on by her. But the addition of Elizabeth Mitchell's character, the Juliet, mm-hmm. like I gave the show something that I like that I found. Calming. Okay, guys. Like, what is this know. show about? Okay. Every time I see a gift okay. that you guys text me, it looks like filthy people doing awful things to <laughs> to each other. <laughs> okay. It, okay. So when I was when we were thinking about this, there's going to be two ways. How do you want this explained to you? Okay. Do you want just, this explained? We could explain it to you in reverse. <laughs> so like basically just giving you the mystery or the the foundation of the mystery. Or do you want like the sh- Do you want the story that we tell you to unravel like the show did? Uh, I want it to unravel like the show did, and then on the back end of it, explain why you guys think it unraveled as such. So <laughs> okay, so like, okay. The, let, let me ask you this: Picture like, in, in your mind, yeah. a tropical island, a plane, <laughs> a cl- like exterior shot, Hawaii. It's yeah. where they shot the thing. Yeah. So I mean, I guess it starts with okay. So a plane crashes in the south pacific and lands on an island uh the fuselage yeah it's it's more it's much a, more dramatic than it, it gets ripped yeah. in half in the sky people fly up hit the ceiling it's a jj abrams movie the first two hours is a jj abrams movie yeah he directed it and like that's the, the preamble to this is real talent worked on the show i mean depending on how you feel about damien lindelof who's had an incredibly controversial career but i like leftovers wade likes leftovers a lot. Uh, we both like leftovers yeah. a lot. So he, this is his show. J.J. Abrams is involved. Um, Brian K. Vaughn was a major writer on it, who you know writes comic books that are really good. Some might say he's probably the best comic book writer, like yeah, <laughs> of his generation. But yeah, I'd say yeah, he's the he's the best comic book writer currently. Right? Why the, the last Why two. the Last Man's pretty great. People, Runaways is about to be a show. Yeah, uh, Saga is uh, amazing. Yeah, under the dome. Well, <laughs> well, he run that. That was a, that was, a, that was another one of his network shows. Like he got to run that. Yeah, that for the Amazon network. Other comic writers that wrote for it: Paul Dini wrote for it. Jeff Loeb wrote for it. And these were in the room, like writers' rooms. So these are like pretty, like the creme de la creme of comic book writers of the '90s and the 2000s all worked on the show uh, for some reason because it's not comic booky. But it is, it is, com- it's not superhero he's comic book. I mean, it, Jack Bender is like who directs, who's directed really great stuff from uh, Game of Thrones, which is probably, you know, the height of peak TV right now. So it, this has got, it's bona fides in peak TV conversation is firm. Oh yeah. This was a pillar of peak TV. So I wanted to get that out of the way. Oh yeah, yeah. But, yeah, that's, uh, but okay. let's get it. So like, yeah, okay. what, 
let's just just tell me real quick what happens in like in one sentence what happens in season a, one a plane lands and 40 people are left to live but really you only focus on like 12 of them and, <laughs> and, um, only 12 characters so only you have 12 to worry of them. about um the show for it for the entire run is half mostly half sometimes they fudge with it but it's half advancing the storyline of their survival on the island yeah on the island and solving the prevalent deep and overbiting mysteries that are on the island and the other half of the episode is some segment from their from an individual character's past to show how they got first off to show how they got there yeah that's they, yeah 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 their backstory first season it's all about their backstories of each because each each episode will follow a, each episode is like a character episode about this one character that you're focusing mm-hmm. on. It's like chapters in a story, you know, like this is the point of view character for this episode. Hurley's got to make a decision. And this is a story about why in Hurley's past, why Hurley has trouble making decisions. Yeah. Yeah. Or yeah. So yeah. And the first two seasons, I feel like do a really good job of exploring the characters for me personally. If, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna fight. Yeah, I the agree overarching you. like of the first season, like you, it's like you fall in love with the characters. You see their compelling yeah. backstories. You see them go through stuff on the island, and you're like, oh, I love. I really care for these characters. For me, season two made you realize these characters are all assholes. <laughs> like, and it was just as compelling for me to do the switch to like. I, these guys, I love these guys. This, but then falling out of these guys that I fell in love with in that first season, like. It's all them being dumb assholes and dicks to each other. Okay, what is the central mystery of the, the island? Central, okay, okay. <laughs> That's so the whole, that is the question, isn't so it? So they're in the J.J. Abrams movie, the, the two-hour-long pilot, which is pretty, like, an effective, like, intense action movie. Because they, you know, everything is like a complicated thing. They've got to find the radio from the pilot, from the cockpits. they got to find where the cockpit landed. Oh, yeah, yeah. The, and yeah. all this stuff. The main character, the one we really find, is a surgeon. And he's having to help people. And these people have got, like, shrapnel and shit all in them. And it's a sort of, like, in-the-moment thing. One of the characters played by one of the hobbits, Dominic Moynihan. Yeah. Um, I think he's Mary, or is he Pippin? No, he, he's Mary. He was, he was Mary in Lord of the Rings. He's one of the main characters. He's he's like a he's Noel Gallagher, I think. He's supposed to think. <laughs> oh yeah, he's like, in a band called Drive Shaft. Yeah, which he's... is one of my favorite things of the whole show is the Drive Shaft. Hey y'all, yeah. everybody, look yeah. at you. Something wearing your expensive clothes. It's like a. He had a one-hit wonder. He had a wonder wall. Yeah, yeah. So. Uh, um... You all, everybody. You all, everybody. And so he's no Gallagher and he's addicted to heroin and he's going to start going through heroin withdrawals on the island. Um, there's all this sort of sort of stuff. And you, it's all about Sonic. But what happens in the middle of the f- the, f- the two hour movie is they get attacked by a polar bear. Yeah. Well, there's a Wait monster a on the island, too. Where is this island? In the oh, Pacific? Where? That, that doesn't, don't ask that question. Near the equator. <laughs> equator. Okay. Where it's were they equatorial. flying to, though? Like, where were they? they like, were, okay, this is very What airport fly- did they leave from? And they're, they're leaving from Sydney Airport flying to Los Angeles. On what's the name of the airline? Uh, Oceanic, Oceanic Flight 815 yeah, or something. Yeah. They say it a lot. 
Um, yeah, they do. So they're all flying from Sydney to LA. It's uh, all of this. Most of them are Americans. Well, two of the couple are a Korean couple who cannot, you think, can't speak English. One's an Australian. Only one of them is an Australian. A lot of them are American. All of the rest of them are American, except for Noel Gallagher, who's British. One guy. Yeah, uh, one guy's Iraqi. Yeah, one oh, guy's yeah. Iraqi. And they get a lot of intensity off of, like, he's an Iraqi soldier. And this obviously came out in 2004, so we were actively in war with Iraq. Played by clearly not Iraqi. Uh, he's Indian. Yeah. <laughs> Indian actor uh, Naveen Andrews. But so, OK. So anyway, so there's a giant monster. You never see it, but it, you think it's supposed to be like Godzilla's on the island. But no one ever really sees it. Okay. Um, so at and what then point a polar in the show, you think that this might might be a kaiju type move, a kaiju yes, type movie? Yeah. I, I yeah, I think I, I thought it was I thought it was fancy when I first came out. I kept saying, Allison, I bet this is just really fancy Land of the Lost. <laughs> There's slew stacks in them woods. <laughs> yes, like that's what I think. I thought it was going to be really fancy Land of the Lost. And they're like, there's dinosaurs on the fucking island, or it's like Island of Doctor Moreau, which is closer to what it actually becomes but over the course of the first season there's lots of reasons to believe that they're not alone on the island obviously a lot of the time is spent on like (laughs) getting coconuts and learning how to fish and finding a fresh source of water and all of this shit and spending a lot of time with kate has a past yeah we'll get to the characters a bit but spending (laughs) all of the time with his characters and everybody's got a past everybody's weird everybody's weird (laughs) Uh, what brought and, these people together? But pretty clearly, um, like where the sh- first season catches starts getting steam, which is around episode eight, is when you realize that one of the people that's hanging out with them, one of the forty, wasn't on the flight. Oh yeah, not on the manifest. Hurley finds the manifest and not on the manifest. So that, and then he, there's a pregnant girl, a little Australian girl who's pregnant, and he like stole her. He like ups and steals her. Ethan, Ethan's the one Ethan, not on the manifest. Who's played by uh, who's played by uh, actual Tom Cruise's weird ass cousin. <laughs> I did not know that until like this year when you brought it up. To yeah, me. he's in my face. He's in one of my favorite scenes in Mad Men, which was the day after Martin Luther King was assassinated. He came in and gave like this strange bitch. Like I just remember that scene in Mad Men because it was just so weird. The actor's name is William Mopford. Yeah. Mopther. He, Mop- he will Mopther. forever be Ethan to me because yeah. we talked about Ethan a lot in the lost parties that I had in the mid 2000s. Ethan's <laughs> an interest. He, he's an interesting character. He is also to connect it to our OA issue. He's in another earth, the Brit Marling movie, oh. but, <laughs> but okay. So Ethan st- up and steal someone. So then you realize that you're not alone on the Island. They also find a crazy French woman Oh, right. Is looking for her baby. Right. What's her name? What weird, what philosopher did they give her a name oh, of? That Rousse- does it- yeah, everybody's named after philosophers. Rousseau. <laughs> right. So, <laughs> yeah. And she's looking for her baby that lo- she lost 16 years ago and she's isolated. Here's the thing, though. So you meet these people. So you got this French woman who's crazy on the island. No one ever really grabs her and like, ha- like forces her to like, what the fuck is going on on this island? Why are there people on the island? That are missed that we can't find. Nobody asks that. They do, but they don't. They, they she's like, I don't want to talk about that. And like, like Saeed just takes that as a fucking response. Well, the lady's <laughs> clearly bonkers, so he's like, and she's like dangerous. So he's like, all right, well, I'm not gonna. Okay, go. so how does season one end? Basically, uh, there's a polar bear. Oh, oh, oh. No, 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 we gotta get into the hatch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they find they find a hatch. They find a hatch, a door. Okay, 
this is where the characters got. I guess we got to get into characters here. Yeah. Okay. So the main ones, there's Jack, the doctor, Jack, the doctor, who's like, hey, what, what, what is the, his father died of alcoholism, drinking himself to death in Sydney. He went to get the body and he's flying the body. Oh yeah. Back. His body, the body disappeared. The body, or something. Yeah. The father's body is on the Island. The dead body is on the Island. That becomes a thing. He's a cocksure doctor who tries to fix everything. The surgeon. Yeah. yeah. He's in love with Kate or Kate will be. Who's play- yeah. He falls in love with her in the pilot. Uh, who's Wasp from Ant-Man. Okay. Um, <laughs> or that extra elf they added to the Hobbit the, movies. The Hobbit movies that nobody saw. She's in those. Falls in love with the dwarf. Yeah, she's like the ingenue, but you find out that she's like a killer. Like, she's like on the run. Like, she's on the run from the U.S. Marshals. She's a, yeah. yeah. She's a fugitive. She was on the flight with a U.S. Marshal who caught her in Sydney, flying her back to for arraignment in L.A., and then the crash happens. The U.S. Marshal eventually dies. He's alive for a couple of minutes, which is or for, for a couple of episodes until he dies of injuries from the crash. Right, so right. the big three. So yeah. we're about to hit the big three. The other one is uh, John Locke. No, oh, whoa, by- whoa, whoa. I thought we were going to. Well, there's Sawyer, which is the well, third tr- of the love yeah. triangle. But yeah, of the love triangle. But yeah, but the main. Yeah, the John Locke, Locke is yeah, the man. main character. Oh, my God. And they Locke- introduce a love triangle. So there's like romance. Oh, my God. Oh, my so God. Got, okay. Is there oh, romance? Oh, my God. <laughs> so it's got romance. It's got mystery. Oh, yeah. And it's got polar it's bears. It's got action. It's got everything, man. It's got polar. Well, the polar bears, like they, they killed the polar bear in the first episode. But you're like, why are polar yeah. bears in this fucking island? And that's their question, too. It's not like they're like, we're. Yeah. yeah. So. so John Locke is you learn in the third episode or whatever. I think it's the third episode that he was a paraplegic man who went to Sydney because he was trying to snooker and walkabout company and to letting him go, even though he's in a wheelchair. Well, he wanted, he really wanted to have a spiritual walkabout. And they're like, you yeah, can't do did. that. You're in a wheelchair. And don't tell me what I can and cannot. Which is a line that's said a thousand fucking times in the show. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so they don't let him go on the walkabout. They put him on the plane. When the plane crashes, he can walk. Yeah. So there's something special about this island because this mm-hmm. crippled man can walk. And I think it's pretty safe, like pretty quickly through the first season, you start realizing that John Locke secretly worships the Isle. Yeah. Yeah. Also, they, they treat him in the first off, like he's like crazy, like a, like a survivalist nut. Right. Like a militia man kind of person because he like, he has all these knives with him and he knows how to like do all this like kind of like survivalist survival man shit. Right. And he's, he's key to like their early survival. Like he teaches them how to hunt boar and stuff like that. But then, and so you think he's like a hard ass, and then when you see his backstory unfold, you realize he's like a schlubby. Yeah, like he's, he's he's John he's Jack Lemon from uh, Glengarry Glen Ross. Yes, yes, or or those like to me, I thought about as well, every everybody who said you don't understand Trump voters because you haven't read this book or this book or under. I think he's the guy that you don't understand. Yeah, I mean he's the like lonely, he's, he's the guy in the mail room or the lunch. You know, he works at like yeah a Best Buy or something, and then his boss is like, get your shit together. He's like, okay, boss. But then he's like, I'm going to show him someday. What was that? Oh, nothing. You know, he's... Hugh, Hugh do you remember when you started working in places when in your 20s, like where grown-ups were? Yes. In your 20s, and there was like a 55-year-old guy there working the same job you were? Right. And you were like, if I'm if I'm that guy, fucking kill me? Right. John That's, Locke's that guy. Okay. So, <laughs> these guys, they all have their back... Okay, so if I understand it, they all have their backstory. Yes. They all, like, they're all, like, they come, it seems like they come to this island, like, fully loaded. Things that are, like, ready to go off. 
Is that, yes. Is that kind of like they're all like spring loaded for drama? Basically. Yeah. One, <laughs> yeah. One guy's a heroin addict that's going through withdrawals. Uh, yeah. We didn't get to Sawyer. Yeah. Who's the, a con the Korean man. couple? The Korean couple's yeah, Korean. Sawyer's a co- I mean, they're much more. Well, yeah. The Korean couple might be the only satisfying storyline through it. Like, if this show was about a Korean couple who fell in love after they crashed onto an island, that would, like, it, that's a great, they tell that story over the course of six seasons. They tell that story very well. Yeah, yeah, they do. Others, <laughs> but, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and then a lot of people die. There's Boone, who has a ongoing career on the Vampire Diaries. Oh, yeah, I forgot about that. Do you guys have, do you guys have somebody at the end of the first season who doesn't make, like, a principal is there any several, several die yeah several people, people die, die. okay Boom, so at dies. the end of season one they find a hatch how many people out of the original 40 are, are alive do you think rough estimate Two, one die one major character dies yeah and the pilot and it's di- boone yeah boone dies boone dies as they find the hatch and oh he's uh, also got a stepsister he's in love with but who cares yeah he's yeah, he's got a stepsister he's in love with, but she fucks Saeed, and then she dies in the second season. So. Okay, so they're all super spring-loaded, it sounds yeah, like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, so... They, they do a very good job of shedding cast members and then bringing in a ton more. Well, how do yeah. they bring in a ton more? Is that see it second season? What happens in the second season, basically? Well, they find... Okay, so okay. they find the hatch. They find the hatch. They blow up, they blow up the hatch. They get in the hatch. The, the, the season one ends. And so you have also to like figure out what the fuck is in the hatch because you think like that's going to be the secret to explain everything. Then season two, what's in the hatch? Then it, it takes five episodes to get in the fucking hatch. There's just no. But the season two starts <laughs> off in this like bravura fashion. Like I, I legitimately think that season two intro is great where you see a guy living a life like in his like he like his alarm goes off and he gets out of bed. And you never see his face and he puts on a record and he's listening to the mom and papa's sing a different song or whatever yeah. and he's making his breakfast and then you see him like strap on a gun and inject himself with some chemicals and it's like all done really well and close up i think jj abrams directed that episode too and it's all really great and uh and then you realize he was the one in the hatch because the bomb go like when they blow up the hatch he gets like he's he's on guard and so he's like uh and he's trying to figure out what's going on so they eventually get in the hatch uh, and find out that this guy is in there because there's a doomsday device. Yeah, there's a computer that, in the hatch. He has to enter a certain series of numbers into the which, computer. Which, by the way, we already know from season one, the Hurley, which is a 400-pound guy, 400-pound Mexican guy, and he's like the heart, heart and soul of the group. He's like the great guy, and everybody loves him. He spent a lot of time with him in the first season. You find out that he won the lottery, and he's like a he's he's worth two hundred million dollars. He owns the company that John Locke works for. He's like loaded, uh, but he's like a like a schlubby guy. Uh, like so a fun he owns time. John Locke's ass, huh? <laughs> yes, but I don't think they ever know that together. Yeah, but anyway, you learn that, but they don't. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, they Especially don't. Well. Wait, a minute, they never compare notes on something that big. He, no one believes him that he's a millionaire. No, because well, because yeah, and John Locke doesn't talk about his past. Nobody knows about yeah. that. You only know that through flashback. He wants to put that behind him. He can walk now. Yeah. He's not. The, he's a badass that he always thought in his mind he was. He doesn't want you to think otherwise. Yeah. yeah. But anyway, so when Hurley won got the won the lottery, he you played a certain series of numbers that was. What a guy he was Hurley was in an insane asylum, and the guy said that series of numbers over and over again. 
Hurley used those. 4, 8, 15, 16, 23, 42. Okay, so those numbers. <laughs> then he then he wins the lottery with those numbers. And then from that point on, he feels like he's cursed. Yeah. Like his uncle died. His grandmother broke his ankle. A house that he bought her burnt down. He bought a chicken shack that he worked at. Like, and like, like Gus from yeah, Breaking Bad. Yeah, he worked Bad. at Pollo. And a meteor. Uh, yeah. And a me- yeah, he owned po- and a meteor destroyed the chicken shack. Like, so he feels like it's cursed and he's trying to figure out why. But anyway, and that's why he was in Australia is because he was trying to find the root of where this crazy guy found the numbers. So the, in the, yeah, you can go back. What's going on with the hatch now? Yeah. So every, what is it? 28 minutes or every hour or every 108 minutes, Yeah, 108 minutes. Desmond, which is the name of the guy in the hatch, the, the guy in the hatch, has, he's now a major, he's now a reoccurring character on the show. Right. Every, Welcome Desmond. every 108 minutes. It's imperative that he enter this string of numbers into the, the this like nineteen this DOS machine that's old old ass computer and if if someone fails to enter the numbers in shit's gonna go bad and and there's like a little flip chart where every time you enter it in like if you if you're late to doing it an alarm starts going off like bomb bomb like red lights start flashing and then these like high re- and then finally if you get when you get the numbers in in time. This kind of weird hieroglyphics things flips over, and then the countdown starts again. But also, it it's probably got some sort of weird seismic device. So what you've essentially got is a Skinner box, yeah. where no one knows why they're hitting the button, but they know that they got to, and yeah. they get kind of weird and obsessive. It's right. it's a, literally a, a narrative device. It's yes. something <laughs> they add. So basically, they add something to add heightened uh, tension to their situation. Yes. Right, and then season two, we find out there's this. Oh shit! We totally forgot about the house season one really ended. Where the uh, Walt, we haven't even talked. Oh, God, Walt. We haven't, like we're thirty minutes into this, and we haven't talked about like half of the things we need to. Yeah, this, that's what I'm saying. Like, just just blow through this insane shit, and then we'll pick it apart okay. later. So Walt is Michael's son. Okay, so there's a so there's a father. Yeah, yeah. So there's a father and a son. Michael, what's his name? And Walt. He was in Oz. Harold Portnoy. He was in Oz. He played. And he was in Romeo and the. Uh, Baz Lorman's Romeo and Juliet. Yeah, he's been um, in a lot of stuff. You've seen him. Like everybody in the yeah. show, you've seen him stuff because. Yeah, so, okay, so Michael's on there and he's got a son named Walt. He's going, he didn't live with Walt. Walt grew up in Sydney. His mother died. His stepfather wanted to get rid of him because Walt's weird. So Michael has to go and pick up his son. He doesn't get along with his son. His son doesn't like his dad, but they have like some sort of weird family drama going on there because they don't know each other. They like literally it's like the second day they've known each other and they crash landed on an island. Uh, they have a dog. I forgot. They have a dog. Mike, uh, Michael is intense and like really protecting of his son. Eventually he decides that he needs to build a raft to go into the shipping lane so that they can get noticed by someone. So he spends half the season building a raft with the Korean man who he hated briefly. Uh, yeah. Jen and, and, and Sawyer who he, everybody hates briefly. Uh, Sawyer ends up being kind of the main character of the yeah. show. I feel like we're just kind of short shifting him here. But anyway, so we're getting, so they build a raft. They go out in the middle of the, they go there. They locate someone. This is the other, they got, this is the first time you see the others, actually, other than Ethan. Oh, uh, right. Um, there's others. There's yeah. a thing called others. The others uh, are a big part of the The others. Yes, and we haven't got to them or the Dharma initiative. That yet. was the other thing I was talking about. Yeah. There's this thing <laughs> but, called the um, Dharma initiative. That has to do with well, the Well, let's finish box. the but let's get the boat story. Sorry. So the boat, like the boat's out there and they're on the raft and like a boat finds them and they're all excited because they got noticed. 
and then uh, the guys on the boat just take Walt from Michael and then blow up the raft, the boat, yeah. they blow up the raft. And like, you think they're all dead at that point. And that's another thing that you think they think they die. But at the beginning of the second season, they landed on another part of the island where you meet the tail section of the plane that crashed. The tailies. And that there were survivors. Yeah, there were survivals from the tail section. What? And that, they're called the tailies, yes. is what they the get tailies. referred to. Are you making that up? Nope. <laughs> no. In the show they're and, called that, or on like message boards? Both. Oh my god! I think yeah. in my memory, it's been a long time. It, it makes I I I I I suck that shit up, man. Yeah, like, <laughs> I like the tail section too. Michelle Rodriguez is the main character from that. Yeah, well, and Mr. Echo. Oh yeah, and then Adewale. I'm gonna get his name right. Adewale Inkuanye Adabje Adajabde. He was good job. Also from Oz. Adab. He's from Oz. He's in. He was in one of the Marvel movies, wasn't he? Probably. I think he's one of the villains in Thor: The Dark World. That sounds right. Yeah, but he's like an African priest. Yeah, he's a Jesuit sort of, priest maybe. from Africa, basically. Yeah. But also an African drug. Yeah, also running drugs. So, <laughs> but they're all good. They're, they're interesting characters. So, and they all meet up, and they have to push the button together. Oh, but the others, after having stolen Michael or Walt, Walt who's psychic, so they, probably. Yeah, but then they just drop that. Yeah, well, oh my god, he's, he's they special. Totally, that sounds. But it's, they it, totally drop the fact that he's psychic. They drop it. They don't totally um, drop it. They totally do. Uh, it's just like, he's not psychic. Like, well, yeah. He, <laughs> he's psychic, but it's unimportant to the Right, well, he's worth studying because of the Dharma initiative. No, but they were just studying him because he, they just wanted him because he was a kid. Uh, when you get, when you get into their issues, they just wanted him because he was a kid. They, that was a form of recruiting. Right, well, yeah, they, because there's, a, there's no children on the island. That's like a thing. Yeah, yeah, well, we get into the others and the Dharma initiative in a minute. Because everybody's okay. sterile on the island. Well, let's get through season two. That's something that comes up. Yes. Okay, so. Yeah, that's yeah. another so thing. Michelle we... Rodriguez kills. Yeah. The island. Oh, hold on. Oh, I'm, hold on. Wait, am I getting ahead of myself? We're not there yet. <laughs> You're not, we're not there oh, yet. I'm sorry. <laughs> we, we're not. We're still in the second season. So the Tailies meet up with the, the, the Shafties. I don't know. And uh, some, they don't like each other. They There's drama, forced tension all over the place. Kate and Sawyer and and what's his name have a love intense love triangle. Jack. Jack and John Locke is obsessed about hitting the button, and then then Rousseau, the crazy the crazy French woman, comes back and says, "I I caught someone for you," and so they go out there. Oh, and it's and Ben. It's a guy named well, he's because says he's Henry. Yeah, he's 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 Ben. He says he's Henry. He says he's not a member of he's not a member of the others that's been victimizing them and. Uh, most of the tailies have been killed off by the others or taken by the others. Oh, right, um, right. One of them specifically was the guy from Deep Space Nine's Meridian. <laughs> oh, I forgot. Brett Cullen. Yeah. Brett Cullen. Yeah. I, I was not oh, as wow. as hopped up on my DS9 as I was in, yeah. in now. Um, so, yeah, so he, he does a better job than he did in Meridian. Let's just leave it at that. Yeah, no, he's great in that. He's great in this for the two or two, three episodes he's in. One episode. So bad. So yeah. <laughs> basically, why would somebody want to steal like a group? If you're all stranded on an island, why would you want to steal? Like, what's the motivation for trying to kidnap okay. members of other? Like, I don't understand how, how these other people got on the island. Oh, 
Well, there's yeah. others that, that oh, let oh, us introduce you to <laughs> the Dharma Initiative. All right. Yeah. Okay. Wait. Wait. Do we need to do that, or do we at this point need to start from like? Not the Jacob and like, do we need to do this like all the way? See, you're t- see here's where we're at right now. You watched this show recently, so you can break yeah. it down season by season. I'm trying to tell this like it's been like 10 years <laughs> or you know, oh, oh, in, into the, oh, it's been a, seven years. So I'm like, there's a pillar of smoke on the island that's killing people. But oh, there's a smoke monster. Turns out the it's not a dinosaur. It's a smoke monster. Yeah, there's a pillar of smoke that goes a black, a black smoke that, that kills is, fu- is mean and it, sometimes doesn't kill. And it, it makes noises like taxis used to do when it was ringing up your fare. Now they've got yes. It's yes. Yeah. Yes. Yes. So there's giant. There's no need for that. Oh, the smoke monster's great. In one of the episodes, the smoke monster pulls John Locke into a hole and Jack is holding him and he says, just let go, just let go. And then Jack fires a gun into the hole and the smoke monster lets go like he shot the smoke monster. I don't, I do not recall that part. Like, but here's what, the smoke monster. At this point, they have no idea who the smoke monster, the writers in the writing room have no idea what the smoke monster is. At this point, no. They don't have, it. Yeah, they don't have an idea what any of this shit. Yeah. So, but they do know what the Dharma Initiative is, or is it too early yes. to talk about that? No, we can talk about the Dharma Initiative. Okay. I like the Dharma Initiative. I do too. Like they're my favorite. It turns out the hatch is part of one station on the island. There's different stations. The Dharma Initiative was a scientific project in the 70s that found like the hippies. island. Like the island yeah, has special like, properties, so they're running experiments. But on the mostly island. they're just weird hippies, right? It's also like a commune. Yeah. Like some of them are engaged in scientific experiments and some of them are just like. So wait a minute, there's a group of people left over from the 70s on the island and they call themselves the Dharma Initiative? No. The hatches and there's different installations on the island. That he's are, not totally, he's not totally wrong. There still is some. No, but it's I'm not, trying to it, not yeah. spoil the extra, the end of later <laughs> seasons, man. Oh, that's true. Okay. But how did people in the 70s get to this? The Dharma Initiative has failed. Is basically what you need to know. I'll say it but, was funded. By, it was funded by a mysterious benefactor, who I think you find out who it is. You do in the in the ARG. Ding. Is it the? Is it Penny's dad? Yeah, yeah. Partly. Okay, that's what I figured it was. Yeah, it's part of it. Yeah, and spank the monkey's mom and Penny's dad, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, but they're running experiments on people like the Skinner box kind of thing in the hatch. Yeah, yeah. and they're doing like. Men who stare at goats, kind of psyops, MK Ultra, yeah. weird experiment stuff to figure. There is legitimately weird anomalies on the island. Yeah, the island has and, special properties. Yes, which is it at the end of season two where it gets real crazy when they stop pushing the numbers. Yes, when they stop they pushing stop putting the, number. the yes. numbers in because they're like, it's a Skinner box, you dumbasses. Mm-hmm. You don't have to do it. It's just a psychological test. And then so they stop pushing the numbers and then shit goes crazy. There's weird seismic electromagnetic activity. Yeah, very crazy. And is it at the end of season two where they bring down another plane? No, well, they you find out that he brought down the plane. That Desmond, That's what happened Desmond when got the, confused. Desmond, yeah, the plane was brought down by this weird, crazy electromagnetic when somebody didn't push a button and it ripped yeah. the plane in half. And that's what caused the plane to crash. 
and then they choose to do it again. And then Desmond, for some reason, I don't understand this, but they refuse to do the buttons. And in fact, they crash, they break the computer. Um, <laughs> so then they break the computer. And so he's like, fuck it, we're not going to do it. And Desmond really does believe that the whole thing, the world will end, like the earth will explode. So he somehow has a key that he can just click the key uh, and make it not happen. There's a fail safe. Yeah, there's a fail safe. So he uses the fail safe explodes you think desmond echo and noel gallagher die but they don't none of them do um, i choose to call him mary because <laughs> mary <laughs> i love it uh, but because of it desmond becomes unstuck from time like in oh, yeah. slaughterhouse five yeah oh. no way <laughs> and then it turns out time travel is a very large part of this show what? yeah but we're not we're not there though we're not time travel is a crazy part of the show but we're but not like there scientific yet. time travel man like yeah real theories about what if it were possible okay so the dharma initiative were all there they were weirdo hippies that set up these that you think that the people that you're dealing with on the island that are stealing the babies you think they're the dharma but they're not. So then they at the end of the second season, after the the, the thing, there's two storylines going. They explode. And then Michael, the father, who's one, who was told he can get his son back by the others if he lets the guy that they kidnapped go. Oh, yeah. He has to that betray. That guy that he kidnapped yeah. is Ben. Is he has the to lead. betray the group by letting yeah. Henry. Henry, but he's really Ben. And he is now the he's now the main character of the show. He's played by Michael Emerson. He's almost the breakout actor of the show. He's the lead in that Persons of Interest show now. Oh, yeah. Played by Michael Emerson. So Michael kills people, including Michelle Rodriguez, who they just brought on the show, and a love interest of Hurley's that basically killed people. He killed a bunch of people. And they left Rodriguez because she got arrested with a DUI. And they're like, sorry, this is bad for Michelle. In real life, life, that's why they killed her off the show. Yeah. Yep. (laughs) You don't blame Michelle Rodriguez to be in like three episodes of your show. <laughs> and I mean, they spent a lot of time on her backstory, setting her up too. And then they just fucking kill her. Um, she's not my favorite. Just like, oh, we got to kill these people, this person or people's death. But I'll save that. Yeah. <laughs> so they go and they're the, the others are going to officially kid. Michael's got to bring them Jack, Kate and Sawyer early oh, yeah. and Sawyer. And there is a reason why, but you don't find out until like the fifth okay, season. I still don't quite understand what how the others got on the island. <laughs> All right, pause. We're gonna get there. All right, well, let's let's pause for questions. Do you have questions to you that we can answer? Yeah. Sorry, we can't I, answer that one yet. <laughs> yeah, I think I think I think I'm tracking with you guys, but it seems like the polar bear never gets revisited oh. at any point. The, the polar bear at the beginning of the third season, you find out that one of the experiments that they were doing. Is because polar bears are the smartest mammal other than humans, possibly. I that, don't think have that's the biggest true. Brain, have the biggest brain. All right. That's not like dolphins. So, like, I mean, like, they, they couldn't have water tanks. They were doing experiments on polar bears in a polar bear cage. Yeah. After the Dharma Initiative mysteriously uh, aren't there anymore, the polar bears got out. That's how they're on the island. Yeah. And after the betrayal, Jack and Sawyer and Kate are all in a polar bear cage. Yes. And they, they have to do an escape the room kind of situation to get out. They get out. Jack is not there in the polar oh, bear. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, no, that's when her and Sawyer get it on, yeah. and it really ups the, the love triangle. So the third season starts almost like entirely with the others. So you now know Ben, the guy that they had kidnapped in season two, is now the leader you know is the leader of the others. 
and you meet him and you meet this is where they bring in the good actors. Yeah. You meet everybody that just got I fired or lost their job on Deadwood. Deadwood, all of those guys, and then uh, a bunch of other guys. They bring in Clancy Brown, MC Ganey, Michael Bowen. It's like a who's who of like great art like working actors of the two thousands come into the show. And one of those is this new character that we have to spend a ridiculous amount of time with which uh, the one that I said kind of makes the show for me for some reason. Oh, Juliet. Juliet, who's like a middle-aged blonde woman. She's like a woman. She's like a lifetime, and she's one of the others. And so this whole time, you think, are the others cave people? Because they look all, they look Burt, they look like like Survivor. Is it Dr. Juliet Burke? Yep. Yes. Okay, I'm looking at, I'm looking at her. She She was also the lead in V. I think she, Mm. did she leave the show early? She may have. She is known for the Santa Claus movies. Jeez. Yes, she's the Mrs. Movie. Claus. In the yes. Santa okay. Claus movies. So, are yeah. you telling me that you were hot for Mrs. Claus? James? I didn't say I'm hot for. Her. <laughs> I'm saying that there's something about her character. She's a pretty good character in the show, and I think it's a normalizing character. And they spend a lot of time with her, and she's complicated and complex, but she is an arch. She's not like an archetype. She's not like like Sawyer. Who's a great actor? Who's fine actor? And he's just smoldering. He's a walking smoldering. Yeah, like that's all he's there for is to like smolder and say like things that make like women's panties moist. <laughs> like that literally is all he does. He's a bad boy. And he's a bad boy yeah. to Jack's. Jack's. He's Wolverine to Jack's. Cyclops. Yeah, Jack is a boy oh. scout. And then Juliet is thrown in to be like, oh, to kind of tamper. Maybe Jack will go for the her. She's also a doctor. Maybe they'll Juliet. Juliet is Emma Frost, and then and then as... Kate gets a little bit jealous of Juliet at some point. Yes, mm-hmm. so that's sort of the dynamic. Oh, uh, I see. Yeah. Oh, and it turns out Ben Henry's name was Ben, and he has cancer, and Jack can save his he life. He has a neck tumor, and he needs Jack there to fix his neck. Okay, so now there's two doctors on the island. No. Yes. yes, she's a doctor, but she's not a she's not a she's surgeon. A, she's a fertility doctor. art history. She's a fertility oh, yes. she has an art yes. history <laughs> to PhD. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, she's a she's an OBGYN uh, or something like. She's no help with the neck tumors. Yeah. No, she's not. Spinals are not good. But I mean, she can do basic. But she's she fucked up something, and yeah. So they need him to do work on the neck. Trixie was there uh, as one of the others too, but she dies pretty quick. Um, yeah, on the way to the island because they're on a second island. Yeah. Which is where they are on a oh, second island. Did we already pass the statue, or did we get there yet? Yeah, there's a oh, there's second a, island. Oh, 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 well, oh! But it's like a, it's like an archipelago. It's not like yeah. A, there's a second it, island, and it's bullshit. You act like it's bullshit, but that happens all the time. Islands are no, no, together. but there's at one point. This is how a hard nerd, angry nerd corner I was into this show because I thought that they were thinking this shit out. Also, at one point, they get a boat and they're sailing around the island. To, they sail, they get the perimeter of the island, never see a second island, but you know what they do see? A giant statue. They do see a giant statue. Of what? Like the Colossus of Rome. Uh, you know, like no, the, no, it's collapsed. They don't see the full statue. They just see the foot. They see the it's foot. It's collapsed, but it's that big. It's bigger than the you know Colossus of, or whatever, of Rome or whatever that one mm-hmm. of one of the seven wonders of the world. It's that yeah. big, and they're sailing by it. And then Saeed notices something funny about it. And they're like, oh, what what happened here? There's this ancient statue. And they're like, no, that's not the weird part. Why does the statue only have four toes? Dun, no dun, way. Dun. Mm. That's true. Yeah, that's something that happened. Yeah, it's like, is this Atlantis or something? 
And so they they get a map. They can map out the entire island. They go all around. Oh, my God. I'm looking at a picture of it right now. <laughs> and it's a giant foot with a sandal. Yeah. And yes. it has four toes. Yeah. Yes. I was so into the four-toed sandal, man. I was like on board. But they get the sailboat that they steal and they go around and they never notice a second island. But yet at the beginning of season three, they're in the polar bear cage and then they've escaped and they're trying to get back to their group. And then there's like, oh, you can't get back to your group. You're on a second island. It's like, (laughs) you son of a bitch. You fucking assholes. It does not compute. Removed from living in the situation, it didn't bother me. It made me so mad. I was like, I'm done. This show just jumped the shark. They don't know what the fuck they're doing. I thought it was more that they had an underwater sea station that bothered me. Well, the other thing that bothered (laughs) me is that it turned into Sea Lab 2020. Yeah, they have a submarine. But the other thing that bothered me that they can get from one island. Eventually, they reveal that there's like a secret passageway under the water to get between islands. No. And they travel between islands and like... No, they don't. Oh, no, you're right. You're right. There is no underwater passage. That was a conjecture I made to explain when shit's going down on the one island with the original group. They're on the second island and Michael Bowen is like, oh, I'll be right there. And they get there in 10 minutes from one island to another without... Well, it's because they had those boats, the boats that they stole. Yeah, but you can't do it in 10 minutes. And they're, they're like, they're acting like it's no problem. I think that you're acting like the islands are really far away. They're not. But then when you go around them, why don't you see them? Exactly. That's there you go. That's an interest, that, That's a continuity error. But like once the island, second island's established, there's no continuity error. Well, okay, are we the, halfway through this, this, this show? Like we're on season three. Are we at the end of season three? No, this is beginning. We're at the part of the show where I started liking it. This like, is where I hate. This is where it pissed me off again. Okay, because so we've got two guys who like go on two different paths. I here. think you had a ton of pet theories. Oh, well, and they didn't pan out, and that irritated you because. Okay, we'll just take a break from the plot synopsis here. At the end of season two, beginning of season three, the writers had acknowledged that they didn't really have it plotted out. And that's when Jeff Loeb got fired and Brian K. Williams got brought in. Brian K. Vaughn. But in season three, they decided in the middle of season three, they're like, oh, wait a minute. We're getting our asses together. We're going to figure this out. We got it all plotted out. And at the end of season two, the numbers were a big thing. What do the numbers mean? Yeah. There was an alternate reality game on the internet with all these puzzles, if, if you're not familiar with ARGs, uh, just Google it. But it's, you know, like there was a story where you could piece out all these puzzles and find these video clips. And it all was about what the Dharma Initiative and it, the ARG explained what the Dharma Initiative was trying to do. And it explained what the numbers mean. And what all the experiments that the Dharma Initiative were doing, each number in the sequence of numbers was and it might sound stupid now in the explanation, was there was this genius person that had figured out the constants of what made humanity humanity and a mathematical equation to save humanity from destroying itself. And if we could modify these parameters of what humanity was, we could possibly save ourselves from extinction. And so each station on the, of the Dharma Initiative was trying to examine these constants and these different aspects of the human condition. And if we could change each little aspect slightly differently, maybe we could save the human race. And it's kind of hippy-dippy and everything, and, but that's what the Dharma Initiative was doing. And they show all these, like, videos. That is that is not in the show at all. No. And that goes to into another... And in fact, they drop it after season two, after they stop pushing the button in the computer. They stop it after that, and they never explain what the Dharma... In the show, they never explain what the Dharma Initiative No, which goes to a, a fact, actually, that part of why 
the ending of the show pissed everybody off so much because the writers of the show, I mean, their excuse for all the stuff that people get angry about is like they were more interested in the characters and they had all this stuff in the background for the world that they weren't the world building stuff they didn't want feel like was as necessary or important to do on the show as the character stuff. But the world was just like in the Bible, in the background to establish the world. But that's not as the characters don't know about this stuff. And so that's I think not it what, was to sell an AR game. Huh? Like I think it was to sell an yeah. AR game. Well, just like didn't they publish the the screenplay that isn't Sawyer reading a manuscript found on the plane? Oh no, my he's god, reading, you guys are killing me. What what the hell is and the what, manuscript what the hell is a part of the show and what's not a part of the show? Like, are you saying that all this backstory that Wade I'm just saying gave that, me I'm saying that is not in the show? Wade got into the ancillary shit. It's not important, I don't right. think, in this show. I was going to save it for a little bit later, but here's a quote from Carlton Coos. <laughs> Carlton Coos is the producer, and probably yeah. everything wrong I blame on Carlton Coos. Uh, here's Coos. It, just an explanation. It's like, all right, I'm going to go. I was going to save this for later, but and this is a direct quote. I mean, because this is mythology that doesn't have an effect on the characters' lives or existence on the island. We created it for purposes of understanding the world of the show, but it was something that was always going to be sort of below the water sort of the iceberg metaphor and the internet experience ARG sort of gave us a chance to reveal it. So there's an explanation for that kind of mechanical stuff behind it, but they didn't address it on the show. Yeah. Oh my God. That sounds like a mess. Yeah. It kind of was. So I say that, so that none of that is really important now because we know. Let me me ask you this about the characters real quick. Just, uh, just to interject. Do they, are they still questioning why they can't get off the island? What like the characters, do they desperately want to get off still? Right. Sort of. Jack desperately does. Sawyer mm, no. go waffles back and forth. Yeah. At this point, he doesn't give a shit if he gets off the island. Kate doesn't want to because she knows she's going back to a life of she's going to be imprisoned. Yeah. And Jack really wants to. John Locke doesn't want to because he might not. John Locke's in love with the island and he feels like the island. And he might not be able to walk anymore. Yeah, but he also feels like that the island has chosen. I think by this point, you're getting to the idea that John Locke feels like the island has chosen him to be there. Yeah. And when he talks about it, he kind of talks about it like a, like a cult member, like he's in the cult of the island. And over the course of season three, now that the season three is really about the conflict between the others and the the losties, John Locke is kind of on the side of the others. Yeah. So that's how, like the big sort of element of that. I'm trying to remember what specifically is season three and what specifically is season four. Yeah. So it's not yeah, until season three is that they're trying to Juliet ends up joining them and they are. Someone lands on the island at the end of season three. Oh, the helicopter pilot. Yeah, the helicopter. Well, the helicopter lady lands on the island. Desmond, which we haven't really got into, the guy that was originally in the hatch, landed on the island because he was on a run-in yacht race around the world to make his woman, who he's in love with, like to prove his virtue to her father, who's like this rich asshole and is actually the main villain of the show, to prove to his daughter that he's worth his medal. And so he crash lands on the island. He can now unskip through time. And he spends ha- most of the third season having visions that Noel Gallagher will die. Mary. Mary. <laughs> yeah, I know who you're talking about. You're talking about <laughs> yeah. But what I don't understand is how does he how does he get the time travel power? Oh, because they don't because he became unstuck from time at the end of season two. When they don't push the button and the hatch oh, actually I see. and the guy that guy turns out to be an important bad guy. The, the hatch implodes and it's a crater in the ground when they don't push the button. Oh I and see. then the people that are in it 
just they think they're dead, but they're actually he absorbs chrono raves or something. Oh no, just like some real like deep space nine like yeah yes. yeah techno babble. So he can see that Charlie is going to die. So he's been trying to keep that from happening, like interceding in all of these events. Charlie. But he keeps seeing Charlie die in new ways. Charlie, yeah, he's got a strong Scottish accent. Yeah, whatever the actor's name is. And so a helicopter pilot falls on the island looking for Desmond, she says. And she says she's from Penny. Penny. <laughs> Penny. Penny. The, Penny. His girlfriend, whose father is a loaded man who is somehow very interested in the island. And you find out why in season four or something. So <laughs> Spoilers, um, he funded the Dharma Initiative. Yeah, he was the funder of the Dharma Initiative. So anyway, the, the pilot is coming there from a freighter. She's got a phone. They got to do like... The, the phone can't get a signal back to the freighter to let them know that the losties are there. So they have to like shut down the radio tower. They do like a ton. It's like a, like a, it's like a big, nice set piece where Charlie's got to go swimming. And like the whole thing is, is that they can get off the Island if Charlie sacrifices himself oh. and he knows that. So Charlie, no Gallagher, Mary gets it upon himself that he's got to die to sacrifice himself. Cause he's fallen in love with the pregnant Australian girl. Right. And Desmond wants to get back to Penny. Yeah, so they so they go through this long thing where like they split up in the strike force A and strike force B and strike force C, and they do all this stuff to get in contact with the freighter to let them know the coordinates because you got to know. So the they exact have like X Men like gold team and like each yes. has their own like leader, right? Because right. the island yeah, and they each got a mission. You can't find the island because it's the in the it's the Bermuda Triangle. So yeah, yeah, you have to have very specific coordinates to get to the island. So they spend okay. So they do it at the end of season three. They get it. They do it. Charlie's in the sea lab. Like underwater sea yeah, lab. Yeah, he's un- he's under the water sea lab to do something to send off a what whatever they got to all do a mission and they to all get gotta, the signal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All missions, all goals are achieved, and then you can advance to the next level. But Charlie uh, dies. While, well, while Charlie's about to die, it's a very emotional death. Yes, it is. It's pretty well done. Yeah, it's pretty. While he's about to die, he's in the room where he's got the others, the Dharma Initiative room, and he's got to type in this thing. And it's overly complicated. Yeah, it's filling up with water. And, uh, while he's there, he gets a phone call from Penny. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. And, like because the the tower went down, and so her message can get through. She's like, "What are you?" And he's like, "I'm. I, we're here from your boat." And she goes, "I don't have a boat." And he goes, "You sent this lady Nadia or whatever the fuck her name yeah, it's is." Yeah, Nadia. I think. And, and she's like, "I don't know that person." And then right when that happened, where Char- the room that Charlie was in blows up, the water is like filling up and he's going to die. And so he has enough time to write not Penny's boat on his hand and show it to Desmond through, through like the glass. The, it's that, like he's drowning and he, he puts his hand up. It's very. But then it doesn't. It's too late because they sent the message off. Yeah. So helicopters are now ascending on the island. So, yeah. It's- along with five new, six new characters that you have to. Meet. Oh, my God. <laughs> Charles Widmore. <laughs> So there, there are helicopters on the island. No, no, the helicopter no, no, no. crashed. They're coming from a freighter. Somehow got from the freighter to the helic to the island and crashed because of the electromagnetic stuff. Yeah, and the island's tricky to get to. Things crash on the island because it's protected by supernatural forces. Well, there's we'll there's there. weird, crazy um, ley lines and electromagnetic shit about the island, and it's hidden from the rest of the world. Oh my god! So they land in with like the, a, a new X Men team lands one with a psychic, one with a time displacement expert, one with a, a archaeologist, and one with a lawnmower man who's like gotten fat and let himself go. Is it what's his name? Jeff Fahey? I forget. This is where it's yeah. Yeah, Jeff Fahey's Lapidus. He's like a fat hippie, and like they all land. Oh, yeah. He's the one I was thinking of as the helicopter pilot, but Lapidus, yeah, yeah. 
Who's a good guy? Yeah, yeah. He was Lawnmower Man. So Jeremy Davies. He wears Hawaiian shirts, right? See, yeah, yeah. So you meet all these new guys. Basically, okay. I'm trying to figure out what all happens. You spend a fuck ton of time trying to figure out who's going to leave the island and who's not going to leave the island. Yeah. They all, season four is a fucking five elements of plot happens over 16 episodes. And this is, okay, season one was look backwards. Was season two flashbacks and season three's flash forwards? Or was that season four? Season four ends, the last two episodes end with what you think is a thing in the past, but it turns out to be a flash forward. Oh, yeah. So they switched to flash forwards in season four. At the end of season four. So they're going to the future. I believe. And it turns out they've gotten off the island. Because that's when you see Jack and he's got a beard and he's addicted to oxycodone. Yeah, yeah. And they've been off the island and he's like... Well, you don't realize forever that he's... Yeah, he's been off the island. Wait a minute. They have an Encounter at Farpoint episode where you see everybody in the future? No. Oh, you have a whole season of that, but you don't know they're in the future till the end of the season. There's what? How can you? Okay, Hugh, Hugh, a whole section of the plot with the Losties takes place. A whole season takes place in 1970. Yeah. Oh, we didn't get there yet. (laughs) (laughs) So there's the flashbacks, and they've been doing flashbacks for two or three seasons. So you expect that all these episodes on the main, all these B plots on the mainland are from the past, but it turns out they're from the future. Yes. And Jack is like, we have to go back. We have to go what back. Ha- what happens that makes the island get unstuck from time? The whole damn island. Um, Jack and them leave the island. Jack. Yeah. There's like six of them. Jack, Saeed. Kate. Kate. Uh, Hurley. Hurley. Locke. It's Locke. No, not Locke. Not, well, but yeah, but he doesn't. Oh, oh, I remember what happens. Ben has got to save the island because he believes the people on the freighter are there to destroy the island, which they are or to capture the island, or basically they're there to kill Ben. So the others, and so he have, finds a way that underneath the island, Hugh, I'm not fucking kidding <laughs> right, you here. Oh, this oh. is the end of season four. Underneath the island, he knows a certain hole that he can go in. Ben does, and he goes there with Locke. And at the bottom of the island, inside a shaft, Hugh, is a is a large wheel. And if you turn the wheel... What? Oh, it's like a wheel from a ship, like an old... It's like an old ship wheel. In a wall full of, like, stone bricks. And if you turn the wheel, it moves the island. Yeah. Both positionally and in time. That's right. No. Yep. <laughs> Who made the wheel? Oh, that's a whole question, isn't it? <laughs> that's, really, that's another we'll, mystery. We'll save that for the end. I mean, one of the big things is that the island, another theory, which gets when they unstuck it from time, is that a lot of the island deal, like one of the big theories was that it's outside of time, like time travel was a thing. Yeah. And it's like that kind of scientifically quote unquote plausible time travel, where mm-hmm. if you build a time machine, you can only go back to when you created the time machine. You can't go forward in time. You can go backwards, but you can't go past the time when the time machine was built. Okay. Yeah, okay. So anyway, once you turn the wheel, the island like shits you out. <laughs> right. And you, in theory, can't go back to the island. So the island shit Ben out. Ben turned the wheel, so Ben is now in the free world. But wait the people that... Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. I just want to make sure I understand going forward. So after you move the island, you get you can leave the island? You get shit, literally like shit out yeah. of the island. I don't know. You wake up in Tunisia. You have to make a sacrifice to do... St- you wake up where? In Tunisia. Yeah, he's in Tunisia. Everybody? Like both times. The both, no, just the guy the, that moved The wheel it. is turned... No, 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 no. The wheel is turned twice. Both of the times they end up in Tunisia. Oh, that's right. You're right. Locked us In the too. desert, right? Like, and then they... Yeah. Then- Holy crap. Because then they brush sand away, and there's like a Dharma Initiative logo. Um, there's a polar, but there was a polar bear in Tunisia too with the Dharma now, Initiative. Now, oh. if I can interject, this is season four, right? Yes. Okay, so 
here we are, we're two thirds of the way, about done with the whole series. Mm -hmm. If you are, this is 2008, 2009 ish. Yeah. If you are in this, like Wade at the time was like in it. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. What were the fans? I mean, at the time when people discovered giant wheels that can move the island. Everybody I worked with was super into the show. Oh, I loved it. Jane. Wade, Wade, was like, you were all about the wheel. You were like, yes. Yeah, yeah. I mean, because it's like, I wanted a weird metaphysical kind of like sci-fi kind of thing. And the mystery was a big part of the show. It's like, is it magic? Is it science or whatever? Is it indistinguishable because it's so advanced? Yeah, I was I was totally on board. Do you know what it feels like? And I, I think that it's not in con- I don't think it's a coincidence that Brian K. Vaughn wrote this season. I think the show waves a spell at this point. I'm into it at this point. Because by this point, the show, I found the first two seasons ponderous and slow. And everybody was having forced conflicts all the time. And they weren't answering, asking the right questions about their situation. And I always felt like they were getting distracted by bullshit. And that was frustrating to me. At this point, everything is so crazy that everyone is kind of just ping-ponging with purpose. They're like, we got to go here. Oh, that that shit's fucked up. We got to go here. So it seemed to me like, like they were in a ridiculous situation. But I, I was into it because all of the emotional stakes seemed appropriate. Yeah. But what it seemed like, and like I was saying with the, like Brian K. Vaughn, is that... The show feels like a lot of modern comic books do today, where it's all about moving really fast and having big ideas in the background, as you said, but just kind of like just like the action and the course of it just kind of moving you along. So you don't realize how crazy the shit you're watching is. Yeah. When you look at it, because you're looking at it up close. Yeah. It's when you take a step back and you see the whole canvas, you realize it's fucking bomb. Yeah. It weaves a spell. And I, you, I both realized it was like, I think the sixth season, the last season is fucking bonkers and boring. Yes. Like I, I hated the last season. I mean, I think you hated the last season because it wasn't answering anything. I, I would say yeah i had my own answers i, I hated it because it's fucking stupid well and part of it was like i got into all this crazy like angry nerd stuff and the science fiction aspects of it mm-hmm. but i was watching this like with a group yeah we had people come into my apartment and i had like five roommates at the time and we would have parties like oh are you coming over for lost and i was watching it with people that were just into the characters and i would be into the sci-fi aspects of it and it was a community thing, and we all got excited about it. And that's contagious, you know. Especially then, this is one of the few, the last shows where it felt like people watched it as it aired and made it, it was an appointment television for us. Game of Thrones. Well, yeah, Game of Thrones. Yeah. But still. Okay, I want to get into yeah. that. I, wait, you, you're tapping into something I want to get in when we, like, when we are done. We get it. all the way to it. Yeah, because I think you're onto something there. Okay, so half the cast is off the island and in real time, and they are, and all of the flash forwards you see, they're fucking miserable. They're miserable off the island. It cuts to three years later. Right after they left the island and after Ben moved the island, it got like crazy wonky moving everywhere and it kept making these jumps through time. Oh, it was jumping around. It was jumping through time and that was fabulous. That was like three episodes of awesomeness where everybody, and then to end it, Locke had to essentially sacrifice himself from the island, move the island one last time. Stabilize it. And to... (laughs) Move the island. Yeah, he had to move the... He had to to turn the wheel and the wheel shit him out. So Locke is now off the island, even though he wants to stay there. But what is... When the island moves, does it like have a long shot of it actually rotating in the water? (laughs) That would be fabulous. It's like in uh, Wind Waker where it spins and then it shoots up into the air. No. (laughs) 
It, you do see it disappear. Yeah, yeah. It like kind of blips. In one of the shots, you do see it just balls out, disappear. Wait a minute. And like, they don't, they just show it. A helicopter is trying to land to go back to the island to get more people, and then the island disappears. You right. see it. Because you can't find it anyways. It's always in this kind of folded space, kind of yeah. Bermuda Triangle anyways. But then that just, when yeah. you turn the wheel, it changes the coordinates. What are you doing? You're, I'm sorry, guys. Do we need to take a break so I can pee? Or? Wait, do you need to pee? Yeah. Take a break. Do you need to pee? Yeah, let's let's take a break and, right. and pee then. We'll be right back. James, don't you have to pee? I never have to pee. <laughs> I think we could. If I think there's enough here for a two parter. <laughs> yeah, I think so. Because we haven't mentioned the name Jacob yet either. I see. That's just not. Uh, I it the show is making more sense to me now that you guys are explaining it. But I mean, there's just a lot of nonsense. <laughs> yeah. And, and there is a, like a ton of characters on the show. Like we haven't really talked about the Korean couple at all. We haven't. Talk- okay. I got, I really got to pee. Hold okay. on. That you mentioned, I really got to go. Okay. Hold on. Wait, what? I guess we can just say we are going to piss and stop the fucking podcast whenever we want. Real professional pricks. Some podcasters care about their audience. Look folks, let these idiots know how horrible they are. Call them at 917-408-3898. Rip them a new asshole. I am sick of these guys. And the third season of Lost was total shit. They were all in another dimension. It was so clear. You can't tell me otherwise. It all made perfect sense. But then they had to go and make it safe for the plebes. Just like this podcast.